Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Geek Town Behind the Scenes podcast. I'm your host Dave Elliott and on this week's show I'm chatting with the writer and animator Caroline Foley. Caroline has worked on an array of varied projects from adult animations such as Bojack Horseman and Rick and Morty to the much-loved children's YouTube series Tucker Life Stories and Blippi Wonders. On Bojack Horseman, Caroline helped figure out how Bojack would move around throughout the series. On Rick and Morty, she was one of the only full-time stateside animators for seasons one to three and was responsible for animating new scenes where the scripts had changed in the post-production phase or when the animation needed an important retake from the partner's studio. Like Rick's suicide attempt from season two, episode three, a scene that took almost two weeks to complete. A story editor for Tucker Life Stories, she was responsible for hiring the writing team for all 40 episodes and developing the main characters. If you don't have children, you might not be aware of Tucker and the Tucker Life Story stuff, but they have millions and millions of views on that channel. Caroline also noted and revised over 40 episodes of Blippi Wonders and wrote over a dozen episodes as well. She's also developed and produced pilots for Apple and Amazon and Cartoon Network. And outside of TV and film, she creates comic books as well, along with having her own production company, Tiny Lion, where she produces independent projects. She was a lovely and fascinating person to talk to. It's not often we get to sit down with animators, so this was a great interview to do. If you want to hear more behind-the-scenes interviews, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast by searching for Geek Town Radio. This will also give you our weekly Geek Town Radio podcast, which brings you all the latest TV, filming, and game news. You can also go to the website at geektown.co.uk for daily news stories and all the latest UK and US TV premiere dates. Here's the interview with writer and animator Caroline Foley. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Thank you for spending some time to uh, chat with me. And uh, it's not often I get to talk to animators, actually. I've done one or two before, but they're a rarity. So, <laughs> well, It's my pleasure. I'm happy to be here. Yes, it's very nice to have you on. 
before we get into sort of your work and stuff, how about we start off with just you and how you got into the industry in the first place? I went to CalArts. I've always been artistically inclined doing music or drawing, painting. And my high school had an animation program that was just starting when I got there. And so I, I took it and I had a lot of fun, but I wasn't really quite sure what I wanted to do. So I went to a community college for four years and was always remembering that class that I took. And I was like, you know, I want to kind of go for this. I I was inspired by that class and, you know, Disney films. So I went to CalArts, had a great time. I was in experimental animation and I learned 2D animation and I took a lot of stop motion as well. Those were my two things. And so I graduated in 2007 and my first job was translating comics from the New Yorker magazine into short animations. <laughs> and it was a very cool first job. So I learned how to do traditional 2D on paper and this was all flash so i had to learn flash and it was just so uh, many head banging on the desk moments trying to teach myself that program for, i feel you, know, you. yes <laughs> yeah and so, so yeah. Someone that comes from a web development background and grew up in the era of flash things i i very much feel your pain <laughs> Yeah, that that program was uh, it had bugs built into it and they never cleaned them up. And yeah, it's hard yeah, to learn. I cheered when that died, that program. <laughs> yeah, that basically, died. yeah. Good riddance. <laughs> so what sort of stuff are just on the software side out of a matter of interest? What are the tools that you're using on a sort of regular basis in terms of that sort of 2D animation? So I used Harmony a lot when I was doing 2D animation. I transitioned, thankfully. But right now, so I am using a lot of Storyboard Pro, actually, just for like my own personal work. Because mm -hmm. uh, currently, professionally, I'm doing more writing jobs. Yeah. So I'm using Final Draft for that, but doing a little bit of Storyboard Pro and Premiere for kind of like editing it all together. Yeah. I'm just kind of like trying things out. You know, I was trying to learn Blender a little bit, but uh, it's <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot to learn. So yeah. very small steps for Blender, but it seems like a very cool program. Yes, I've dabbled with bits and pieces of things like that, and then you kind of like oh, I don't know. It's, this is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my brain can only handle so much sometimes, you know, learning so many programs over the years and uh, just getting a little tired, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Is it mainly 2D stuff that you're doing? I know you're writing more, but in terms of the animation side of things, is it yes, mainly yeah, 2D? Yeah, on the animation side, it's, it's all 2D and kind of mixing looks. For backgrounds, I like to kind of mix like either photo collage or miniature sets. I love building things with my hands. So combining the two looks kind of satisfies that part of me that need to, to kind of like get my hands dirty and really make something and then add some 2D animation on top. It's it's. <laughs> Quite fun. Awesome. In terms of some of the projects you've worked on, we'll start off with the bigger kind of adult ones and then move into the children's stuff. So Rick and Morty is a huge, huge show. You're involved <laughs> in the first three seasons yeah. of that. You were there right from the very beginning, were you? Yes. Not like the beginning, beginning, which would be like, you know, storyboards and all that. But I came in when season one was in production. So all of the animation gets sent to this company called Bardell in Canada. But you need help with 
that animation when it comes back in some some respects some things are you know you ask for a lot of an animator and the animators on a schedule and they can't spend all kinds of time on these shots they got to get through them so i was like doing these retakes for rick and morty and animating things like specialty commercials and doing there there was some rewrites a lot of rewrites in season one where scenes just weren't working so i would make new scenes that were rewritten for the show and then in in season two there was a lot more specialty animation that was happening particularly the goodbye moon men song sequence so i got to do that whole sequence besides like you know the more traditional puppeted rick and morty stuff happening but all that crazy morphing stuff you know it was just such a real treat to animate and i remember seeing on animatic like this this sequence coming and i was like oh that's that's interesting that seems very exciting i would love to work on that <laughs> but how are they going to do that at bardell they're mostly animating with assets you know they're not doing a lot of morphing sequences stuff like that which requires like you know frame by frame animation and so my technical director he was like really kind of nervous because he he wasn't sure, like, could I do this kind of thing? And so when he finally approached me, he's like, hey, so we've got this. We've got, you know, just a couple weeks to do it. What do you think? And I was like, oh, my God, yes. Thank you. And so I just I sat down and it was just like, I think it, it took me about three weeks to animate that sequence from rough to final color. But it was just so it was delicious. It was so fun to do. Yeah, there's some crazily inventive animation on that show. It's just completely nuts. And I noticed you mentioned sort of one of the more difficult scenes for you to do was Rick's suicide scene. I mean, yeah, that was so animators are basically shy actors, right? We're putting <laughs> a performance into this this other character just you know very slowly frame by frame so that sequence was sent to canada but of course it's like the scene is over a minute long and it's extremely complex with rick this little creature and this machine that rick has that has all these lights and stuff on it so the scene is quite beastly it's got a lot going on a lot of layers in front of and behind which gets really tricky so when it came back right it was an animated scene but it didn't really have the emotional impact because it, it's a specialty scene and it really needs an animator to put a lot of time into it so when I got it it was okay but I moved some things around and I elongated a lot of the acting and held on stuff more and it took me about two two and a half weeks I think to be in that that scene to get it done and it was you know because I'm acting I was in that kind of same mood as Rick is right so yeah. it was rather difficult to to show up to work for you know two and a half weeks and have to be in that mindset of taking your life and, and going through the motions and so yeah it was it really kind of um it, it was difficult to say the least it was nice to be done with it but I felt so proud of myself like I got one of the highest comments is I made the nation shed a tear yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, people who, you know, strong, strong people, who, you know, who like to hold their emotions close to their heart, opened up to me and confided and said, I, I got misty eyed 
for that shot. Good job. And, you know, I felt very proud of myself. You know, it was difficult, but it was worth it. It was good. Yeah, it's a great, great scene that. And it's not what you sort of expect to come out of Rick and Morty. Like you say, you don't you expect kind of wacky zaniness, not not that sort of level of emotion to come out of it. It's it's just yeah. (laughs) One reason why I love Rick and Morty so much is like it hits such a broad spectrum of, you know, you got these burp jokes and then you've got some real serious stuff that they talk about. It's like, yeah, we can do all of that. Why not? That's like life, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. It covers it so well. It's really good. You worked on another huge adult animation show as well, which was BoJack Horseman. And I mean, (laughs) at what point did you get involved in that? Because I believe you were sort of involved in working out how this sort of anthropomorphic horse walked around as well. So Yeah, so before BoJack Horseman was with Netflix, it was a pilot that was looking for a home. And it was possibly going to be purchased, I believe, by CBS didn't happen. I'm not sure why. But that pilot episode then became one half of episode one and one half of episode two in right. in season one. So the story was a little different, but all the elements were there. So I was I was on real early working on Bojack kind of figuring out how, you know, he should move around. He has these textures on him and we're kind of figuring out like how the textures are going to move with him or things like, are we going to put put smears on this animation, you know? So I remember (laughs) one shot early on, I had Bojack moves his head really, really fast. You know, he swings his big, big broad nose around. And I, a a smear is like an in-between frame between poses where uh, you can get real kind of loosey goosey with, with the look of the character to kind of emphasize movement. So so it made his face a little wider for that movement to show it moving from one pose to the next. And it just didn't quite work. So we decided, you know, we're going to take these smears out. We're not going to do that. We're just going to work with these assets. But I think the thing that I worked with the most was like, how is he going to walk? And like with his feet, like, are they going to kind of have a little extra animation on them and kind of slap down a little bit? Because he's got these like big red shoes. And it was just a really a lot of fun to be early in that process and kind of work with the character a little bit. And I love horses. I have this funny student film called No Naked, which features a screaming horse. Uh, (laughs) So I felt quite at home working with Bojack. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, that's another great series as well. And then you move on to some of the children's stuff, which you've been doing as well. I mean, yeah, right before that, just before I forget, I I did uh, on season two of Bojack, I did move into storyboarding. So it was kind of funny. I was hopping back and forth Mm. between Rick and Morty and Bojack and uh, (laughs) trying to make those two things work. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's nuts. The children's stuff. I mean, um, the Tocker life stories, which I don't have children, so it's not something I'm massively familiar with, but (laughs) uh, I have seen some of the, uh, some of the videos. And and, I mean, their YouTube channel for that insane amount of views. I mean, millions upon millions of views for this. And it's a, it's a game, isn't it? It's a mobile phone game. So the game is nothing like the show at all. The game is like a giant sandbox with all these different characters that you 
you can basically put in different locations, put hats on them, dress them up, give them pets, but they don't talk and they don't really have personalities. Right. So the kids kind of make stories. So, so when Toka Boca approached me, they actually wanted me originally to help them spearhead an animation studio, but they're in Sweden and I'm out here in the States and I was going to get married in six months. So I was like, I don't think that's a good idea. How about I write for you, though? I had been doing some writing at Cartoon Network on one of their shorts divisions. And so they're like, all right, let's do it. My wife and I wrote about eight episodes for them. And they were like, all right, we're going to do our thing, turn them into episodes. And they found out it was a very difficult process. They did, they did, I think, two episodes, but they were purchased by Spin Master. So they decided, you know, let's make this with Spin Master and this other animation studio. And so they teamed up and hired me again uh, This <laughs> for 40 episodes. And so I brought my wife on and two other writers. And it was a really, really fun process working with Tokoboka. So they gave us like, uh, you know, these four characters are like, we need to develop these into characters for the show. And their creative director already had like a really great idea of like how they should all interact. But my wife and I kind of added, you know, moved a couple traits around to kind of help out with the group dynamic. And it was just the people in in Sweden are just they're so wonderful to work with. Like (laughs) loved all of our ideas. They're like, this is great. But some things don't translate. And I thought (laughs) the funniest things was that we wanted to do an episode about a lemonade stand. And they were like, what is this? What is this lemonade stand? And we're like, oh, it's like a big thing in the States. Like I was really taken aback to learn that lemonade stands aren't really a thing in Sweden. And then we also had this episode that ended up happening with the term the man. Um, And they they didn't quite understand who is this man? Who is this man? (laughs) (laughs) So we had to convince them that the man is a concept and it's funny and they should let us do it and they did <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. it was a great series to work on and um yeah I, I i think the fun that we had writing and the creative freedom we had shows through and the really awesome fan base that tokoboka comes with just ate it up they love it yeah i mean i i watched a couple of episodes because they're only really short they're what four or five minutes aren't they the, the episodes for that oh yeah if even they're like four or less i think so they're really easy to consume yeah they're great they're like you know obviously aimed at children but they are really funny and so well put together they i i really i could see why they've taken off so much but yeah and i mean i was just looking through and and millions of views on this yeah (laughs) yeah thank you so much yeah (laughs) the other thing that you've been doing is lippy wonders so what are you doing for that are you writing story editing yes so i came on to season two to do writing and they they loved me and brought me back on to season three slash four to be the story editor. So again, I led the team of writers. They kind of had some writers that they brought in early on, but then by the end, you know, because people come and go and with the season four, we wanted to bring in some new people. So I brought in a couple friends of mine, which was real great. Uh, It was a really good dynamic. I don't know. Again, it was just it was just a lot of fun. I think, you know, with Blippi being a preschool show. Yeah. uh, and it being such an already established empire, we had a lot more rules 
than with Tokoboka, you know? And mm-hmm. of course, we have like a, an educational consultant. It is an educational show. Yeah. But that was one of the really unique aspects about writing for Blippi Wonders is you do like as a writer, you know, you're bringing in these concepts that are educational. So you have to make a fun story around something that's educational. And so you're researching and you're learning about this thing while you're writing. So it was kind of like, I actually learned some stuff that I didn't know about, like technically how sunscreen works, you know, <laughs> this thing. And, and I don't know, I, I, I don't think there's too many shows out there that have that kind of education angle where it's also like, let's make this as fun and as venture as possible. So it was a real fun challenge to work with the educational consultant who was actually, she was lovely. And most of the time we, we nailed it. But yeah, really, really cool experience to do that. And it's also fun being like a, something of a celebrity for little kids. Like (laughs) my, my family, like my little nieces and nephews are like, oh my God, you, you know, Blippi, you know, they have all these questions for him or like, you know, people people I meet their moms are like oh my god I'm gonna tell my four-year-old that I know somebody who works on Blippi so it's like going from (laughs) the adult animation world of doing that to like the the kids animation world it's so fun (laughs) that's great yeah that's so wonderful so you've worked on Blippi, uh, Tokyo. Is there anything else you're you're working on at the moment? I know you did a f- you've done a few pilots and and stuff of your own as well. Yeah, back in 2016, I did make a pilot called Toasty Tales. Uh, it unfortunately didn't go beyond pilot, but I've developed some other things. I was developing something for Netflix up until last year, and I do have nothing sold, but you know things out there. But it's you know it's a tough market right now in the States. Yeah. So kind of looking at the UK markets or, you know, just right now I'm honestly doing my own thing. I'm looking at some of my old ideas. I have this comic called Tim Town, which is all about my experiences living in downtown in Skid Row from about 2008 to nine. Yeah. So (laughs) <laughs> yeah, graduating in 2007, even though I did have a job, they later asked me if I would work for free. And I said, no. Uh, <laughs> so I was living in Skid Row, surviving on food stamps. And it's it's a wacky place down there. It's wild. Yeah. It's a lot of stories. So I made this comic kind of based on it. You know, it's of course a little loosey goosey, you know, it's about a fox. I'm not a fox. Um, but anyway, it's, it's a, it's a funny, lighthearted, dark comedy. So I'm taking that little comic that I made and I'm animating that right now. And I'm also working on this little, little series called Golly's Cat Crafts. And I love cats. I have six. <laughs> yeah. I, I looked at your Twitter feed and there's like it's just this bunch of cats. It's been videos. taken over by cats. Yeah. yeah, you know when I'm doing writing, I don't have a lot of art to post, so it's all cats. It's all you know fosters and cats. I'm trying to get adopted out and help. So, um, so yeah, I just want to share that that love of cats, and so I'm I'm animating this little tiny short series called Golly's Cat Crafts, where it's these two little cats and they're helping kids learn about crafts that they can make to interact with cats in a fun and safe way. 
way. So just kind of in the early stages of those two personal projects. Um, but yeah, just keeping myself busy and entertaining myself while we are in these really difficult times in the animation <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean ev- everything at the moment i mean given the honestly strike and mm-hmm. yeah and the the actors are next and yeah so uh yeah not easy not an easy industry yeah. to be in right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you know everybody just kind of sit back uh do your own thing if you can um, yeah 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 work on, work on those passion projects yes yes that's kind of you know but at least you're doing something yeah that's 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 the important thing you should don't just sit around you should time for something that's what that's quite right yeah from these periods of difficulty that's when the most creativity happens so anybody listening right now if they have a project that they've been wishing they could work on i think it's a great time just get it going yeah Absolutely. Last couple of questions for you, which are are the same for everybody that comes on the show. So uh, the first question is, what TV shows are you watching at the moment? Oh, you know, honestly, I'm not watching a lot of TV at the moment. The TV I'm watching, I'm watching Queer Eye right now. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do love watching old Sesame Street. Honestly, that's something I put on. It's a comfort <laughs> show. Uh, I watch a lot of that. Uh, Bluey. I love Bluey. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just love it. And I just watch, you know, when you work in the world of animation, you kind of want to, you know, take a break from stuff sometimes. So my wife and I just finished watching Servant on on Apple. Oh, yeah. So good. Yeah. We're, we love the off kilter M. Night Shyamalan brand. So it was a great, fun, weird horror time. Yeah. 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 I hear a lot of good things. I haven't seen it personally. One of my co-hosts on the podcast is completely obsessed with that show. He absolutely loved it. So, Oh, yeah. Can't say enough. It's great. <laughs> if you've got Apple TV, Severance is the, the thing. That's, that, yeah, that's our next one for that, sure. Yeah. That's an outstanding piece of work. And he's so weird. Yeah. The weirder, the better. Lastly, if you had the opportunity to work on any TV show, can be something from the past, something present day or some sort of future genre that maybe you've not worked in before what would it be definitely sesame street or bluey (laughs) (laughs) good choices yeah i've always wanted to do something on sesame street like they have so many fun little animated segments i would love to do one of those that'd be so cool or just be involved in bluey in some way I i think it's so cool that they've cracked the code for these preschool shows being like mainstream and yeah you know parents watching them too they they just really found a really smart and fun balance and i i think it's so cool yeah yeah awesome well good luck with your projects that you're working on at the moment i hope some of them get picked up and you get a wider audience for them that would be awesome and uh, yeah i look forward to seeing more of your stuff out there because i mean the, the work that i see has been fantastic hope you Wonderful. Uh, yeah thank you so much well it has been a pleasure this has been quite lovely have a great rest of your evening cheers bye <laughs>